Hi guys, welcome back to Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon. I personally am not Alex Deacon. But here with me is Alex Deacon, the Deacon of Real Estate. Alex, what's going on, good sir? Hi, I'm Alex Deacon, the Deacon of Real Estate. How are you? I, I, I'm here. Good. I, I'm here. I'm here to learn. I'm here to I'm here to pick your brain like everybody else loves to do. I'm here to learn too. I mean honestly you learn by you learn by teaching. There you go. Yeah, you do. You learn by teaching and I learn things from you even though, you know, you're not a wealth of knowledge in the real estate industry. Okay, we come so up sir. with some topics sometimes where you just you just start us off and then we bounce off it and it turns out to be a good informative podcast. Well, so thank you, sir. I, I, I wanna thank I wanna thank the listeners for listening and I wanna thank Adam for being such a good host. Well, thank you, Alex. I, I appreciate that. Um, it, it pays to be a D student every once in a while. <laughs> okay. Group hug. Group hug. Or how about we just pound? Uh, Wonder go. Twin Powers? Fist pound? Oh, yeah, okay. there we go. We'll, we'll two sweet me later on. Um, Boom. Three people might get that reference. But, Alex, today, um, what do you say we talk about Section 8 versus non-Section 8? Sure. Let's talk about it. That seems like a juicy yeah. topic, right? Yeah. Let's sink now, our Section seat. 8 was, I, I was referred to, that's housing, like Section 8 housing. But there's also a term, Section 8, and I was telling Adam, I think that's some sort of military term for like somebody who's mentally unfit. So it actually is. So we're not talking about military, mentally unfit people that are dis dis discharged from the Army. We are talking about Section 8 housing, which is a government-subsidized housing, and there's a couple different ones in Pittsburgh. There's Pittsburgh, there's Pittsburgh Section 8. And then there's Allegheny County, so it's uh, Allegheny County Section 8. They're totally different entities. I think they both kind of use the same criteria and the, you know, the, how they run their operation, but they are different. Now, would okay. this be a similar blueprint in different cities? So if it's not, if somebody might be listening and they're not in the Pittsburgh area, would it be, say, in Erie, would it, would it, whatever county Erie is in, like maybe Erie County and Erie, mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, would they still have, you know, Section 8? In different states, is it still referred to as Section 8? I would assume it is. Okay. I, honestly, I don't know. Okay. But the way it is in Pittsburgh is if somebody has a, what they're called as vouchers. So somebody has to have a voucher, meaning... You just don't call Section 8 and say, hey, I want to rent a Section 8 apartment. You call Section 8 and say, hey, I make, I don't make enough money. Here's my situation. Uh, can I be involved with the Section 8 program? You know, do I qualify? So it's not up to you, the landlord. It's up to, so if a tenant says, do you rent Section 8? And us, uh, the basic answer is maybe. It just depends on how much rent Section 8 will pay me for this apartment. So, because Section 8 has menu pricing. Okay. Okay? And I think it's it's based on, you know, so is it an efficiency? Is it a one-bedroom? Is it a two-bedroom? Is it a three-bedroom? Is it a, an apartment? Is it a townhome? Is it a single-family home? Are utilities included or not included? Are some utilities included? Are some utilities not included? And they have menu pricing. Now, I think they have some lateral flexibility on that pricing I'm not the expert in section 8 but our my staff we, we manage about 650 units I'd say about 50 to 70 or section 8 so if you have a two thousand dollar townhome for rent that's a three bedroom section 8 is not gonna pay two thousand dollars they're gonna have a limit it might be nine hundred dollars so that's why if somebody says do you rent section 8 and we'll our, our standard answer is, 
Yes, but it depends on the property. Some properties won't qualify for Section 8 because the price is too high. So let's say, what if the tenant says, well, I'll pay the difference. You can't pay the difference. It's, it's not legal to pay the difference. Gotcha. So let's say that tenant makes X amount of dollars per year. Section 8 will give them, based on whatever formula they have, will give the landlord $500 in rent. The tenant will be responsible for the other four. Okay. So if it's a $900 rental, the tenant's responsible for four, Section 8 responsible for five. Sometimes Section 8 is responsible for 850 and the tenant's responsible for 50 Sometimes depends on the it depends situation. on their finances. But if you rent something for 2000 and Section 8 is going to pay five, and the tenant's supposed to pay four, and then the tenant says to you on the side, hey, I'll pay the other 1100 that's not allowed. And that tenant can get kicked off Section 8, and you can get in trouble for that. So, I know it's done all the time. We don't do it at, at Mays Property Management because our license is on the line. People skate around it all the time. Um, I don't think I would advise it. Do not make just, tenant would, deals, so to speak. Yeah. Okay, so what are the pros and cons of Section 8? And I did look um, briefly. It is Section yeah. 8 nationwide, so it should okay. be a blanketed statement. Okay, so it's Section 8 nationwide. The pros of Section 8. Now, this is on on paper. The pros are, <laughs> the pro, the, believe me, I'm, this is from vast experience in dealing with, with Section 8. The pros are you, should, you get your money uh, guaranteed from the government, right? It's guaranteed. <clears throat> and you're always going to have a tenant. But these are the pros that are, are, I guess, potentially preached by people who don't do it every day. You're always going to have a tenant. You're always going to get your money. Okay. The cons, which there are many, and you could tell I'm not a proponent of Section, Section 8. 8. Yeah. The cons are you're renting <clears throat> to a, an element of society, and this is black or white or Chinese or, or it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. This element of society, in most cases, this is in my opinion, they expect um, they expect something that like this is owed to them. Okay, and what happens is they don't respect in many cases. And if someone wanted to argue with me, they come in my office and I'll argue with you till I'm blue in the face because we've had hundreds and hundreds of dealings with Section Eight tenants versus a non-Section Eight tenant right. in a lower crime area. Right, right. Because most Section 8 is, is in a medium to higher crime area. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. But the, a lot of these tenants, they got nothing to lose. They have nothing. that If they destroy your house, you can't go after them. What are you going to do? How are you going to do? You can't squeeze water from a rock. Right. And they feel that something's owed to them. So I think the downside, potentially, of Section 8 is, is way more... Then it's worth. And and like you said too, it, this, this is we're not being biased on anything other than irresponsibility. Is but at the end of the day, that just and this is a society problem. This mm -hmm. is not this is not these folks' fault. This is their how these folks who are on Section Eight or live in a poor community. The government has given them everything, and you you've basically, in my opinion, you've handicapped them because mm -hmm. they you are given everything, and they don't have any incentive to just move forward and no one's really helping them. Mm -hmm. This doesn't help them. Mm -hmm. This whole program doesn't help 
it's it's designed to help someone who's down on their luck. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be short-term And we fixes. have some really good Section 8 tenants. Yes, sir. We have folks that have you know regular jobs, they're down on their luck, and they are just working hard, and they're using government money that's there to help these people. And I love Section 8 when it works like that. Yep. That's the way it's supposed to work. Yep. And then eventually these people are making more money, and they get off Section 8, and they become a part of society, and they flourish financially and live the American dream. Mm-hmm. That's the way it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it works in reality. Yep. Too many okay. people use it as a constant crutch. Instead of using it as a temporary band-aid, people are using it as a constant crutch. For, forever. Yeah. So the downside is, well, here's, here's what I'll get from a pushback from maybe a newbie who doesn't know. Well, then I'll just get, I'll just, I'll tell Section 8 on them if they destroy my house. Okay. And? Yeah, like what's going to happen? And then what happens? But yeah. They send out the Section 8 police. <laughs> no, they don't send out the Section There's, 8 police. It's not like the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> there is no. no Section 8 police, man. <laughs> We've had people just, here, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Every year with Section 8, there's a initial inspection when before you rent. Before you rent, there's an initial inspection on the house. Mm-hmm. So when somebody calls and says, is this house, will you rent Section 8? Yes and no, right? We talked about this. Yes, if it's in the proper price range. Mm-hmm. And yes, if the house will pass Section 8. Why wouldn't it pass Section 8? You might have some peeling paint outside. You might have peeling paint on the porch outside. You might have railings outside that the spindles are just a little bit wider than what's what's quote-unquote safe because you don't want it, children to be able to get their head in there. Uh, you might have windows that are old wooden windows. They open and close, but they don't quite lock without a little bit of struggle. Or just, I'm saying the house is a little older. It may not pass Section 8. It's not... So ahead, I'm sorry. why? So if somebody calls and says, "I want to look at this house." Well, was it is it Section Eight? We said this particular house is not because there's too many problems there. The owner's not willing to spend three or four or five thousand dollars to make it Section Eight ready. So then we don't show them the house because it's a waste of everybody's time. So a quick question: So Section Eight guidelines for housing are different <clears throat> than other than other something you might flip or something that you just might run out yourself. Yes, to, okay. and they and they vary. No, no, no. They vary from inspector to inspector. Good to know. I didn't know that either. So okay. we'll get an inspector. Here's okay. So the story is: you have the initial inspection. The the uh, tenant brings their voucher. The voucher says, "I'm approved for a three bedroom in Pittsburgh." Not Allegheny, Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Okay, so we're in Pittsburgh. So okay, let's go look at the house. They like the house. Here's an application. They fill out the application. We run a criminal check. We run a background check. We do. We check with the, you know their previous uh, a landlord if they're employed. We make sure that they are employed. We get proof of income. All that stuff. We run them just like we do any other candidate. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, they don't have good credit. You know, they have some poor backgrounds and stuff. That's just the way it is. That's why they're on Section 8. That's why they need help. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a problem with that. We don't want people with criminal backgrounds and things like that. We say no to that. So we rent to them, and they're there for a year. Next year, we have to have a new inspection. Inspector comes out, and this inspector is a different inspector. And he finds ten other things wrong, and it happens all the time. Ten things that weren't wrong last year 
They're the same, but now my owner has to spend a thousand, two thousand dollars to make it. And simply make it because right. the inspector's different. Okay. Or we've had people. Hey, the windows broke. Obviously, it was broken from the inside. Obviously, <laughs> the kitchen cabinet door that was ripped off is not something like I've owned a house for thirty years. I've never had a kitchen cabinet door just rip off. No. Nah. Or uh, a bathroom door with a hole punched in it. Well, guess who has to pay for that? Because it won't pass the inspection. Right. You're going to ask the tenant to pay for it who doesn't have any money to begin with? So you have to fight with that tenant, and then you have to fight with the inspector that comes through and says, well, you need a new door, you need the new cabinet door, the new door to the bathroom that has a hole in it. I want all new outlets on this first floor because they're only two-prong, and I didn't notice them last time. They should be three-prong, so on and so forth and so on. And then we've had this happen. We've had owners go ahead and do that, do $5,000 worth of work. Then the tenant leaves in three months. Oh. How about that? Because oh. they don't have to stay after. From what I understand, they get a one-year lease. And after that, it's basically month it's to month. So you, the, the owner, have to spend $500, $5,000, whatever it takes to pass that in Section 8 inspection then the tenant can move. So you tell me what's better. I don't I don't hate Section 8. I'm just telling you it's not it's not the way my business model wants to run and and it's not going to be uh, centered around Section 8. Right. It's just not. Now, is there and, and obviously you can't be, you know, biased towards age either, but you know is there something with your with Section Eight tenants where is it more problematic with the younger generation versus the older generation, or is it just it's just tends to be problem? I mean, problems. It's just problems. it's a bad, it's a process and a system that's flawed. Gotcha. It really gotcha. is. It's, they're gotcha. not these aren't bad people. Absolutely. Section not. Eight is not a bad idea. The folks at Section Eight are probably overworked and understaffed because mm-hmm. they're not proficient at all. <laughs> at all they screw up checks on a regular basis they'll screw up inspections they'll send out a, a, an inspection one year and it's different the next year it's different completely it's as much of a problem working with the government agency as, as it is working with a tenant who's destroying your property it's there's no different I, I, I don't want to work with either right. that's how bad I don't like either right. but we have some really good section 8 tenants but you just have to know how to pick those tenants and make sure they're a right fit. Right. Make sure they qualify. Make sure they they have a good landlord reference. That they've been at their place for five years, and the reason they're moving is because they just want something bigger, closer to home, better school district for the kids. There has to be a good reason, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult. It's not easy. It's something that I personally tell my clients and the people that come to my workshops and listen to me that I, I like to stay away from it. Now, if you're going to buy in certain areas, you pretty much are going to be renting Section 8. Because if you buy in an area that's not very good, it's a bad area, high crime, unfortunately, that's where all those properties are available. And that's where most of those folks have to live. Mm -hmm. And therefore, your pool of tenants is increased immensely, and it comes from Section 8. Right. So you you have to, as an investor have to understand if I'm going to buy in this area, I'm going to most likely be renting the Section Eight. Therefore, I need to tailor my rehab around Section Eight. I need to make it 
safe, I need to make it this, I need to make it that per Section 8 standards, and I need to know and understand how Section 8 works on the inside and on the outside. And I think this is one that you, you always talk about this, and I think this is something that's important to kind of double down on. Not everyone is wired the same. So some people might be able to handle the pros and cons that do come with Section 8. Some people just might not be able to. You know, and I think this is a good no going in. If if I'm pulling, you know, some good info from you, know the area before you're going in because if it's something where it is a high section eight area and you don't want to deal with it, I mean, as I I don't want to necessarily advise anybody, but I highly advise you not get involved because it's going to be one giant headache for you. You know, mm -hmm. and that just goes with knowledge and everything else we talk about. Right. So you know, I I don't want to sound too harsh, and I don't want to uh, bash section eight. I'm just from my experience, you know, it's it's not been a good one. And this is uh, 20 years of, of, of renting the Section 8 and managing Section 8 units. To me, the pros far, or the cons far exceed the pros, in my opinion. Which is rare for you because you always, you know, typically, and that, this tells me that this is problematic. And like you said, it's the system. It's not the people. It's the system that's in place. Mm -hmm. So it's... You know, guys, don't don't ever think that you're you're not being biased against individuals. You're being biased against a system that's not that's really they could they could pin your business you know down a little bit. So, absolutely, if you want to be successful in this business, you just have to figure out your path and stick with it. I'm just trying to help people learn from my knowledge base, some my bad experiences and my good experiences, and then ultimately you're you know you're an adult, you're a human being, you're born in the greatest planet. I mean, the greatest um, country on Earth. I would right? agree this is the greatest the planet. The greatest planet on Earth. <laughs> this is the greatest planet on Earth. on Earth. And this is the greatest country on the planet, in my opinion. And you are you hit the lottery as soon as you were born here. Mm -hmm. You literally hit the lottery. Yep. So this is the land of opportunity. So take every opportunity that you have to do the best that you can do. I'm just trying to help people learn from my mistakes and move forward and then make their ultimately you know, ultimately make their own decision. Right. And and guys and typically, you know, we all have to learn from our own mistakes, but twenty five plus years of experience, uh, it's sometimes it pays to listen and just hear people out. So Absolutely. Hey, thank you, Adam. Alex, thank you. You it's, are the hostess with the mostest, I gotta I, say. I, I try to be. Um, I do resemble Beetlejuice, I guess, so probably um if I took my ponytail out, so <coughs> but Guys, listen, thank you so much for tuning in to this uh, edition of Real Estate Investing with Alex Deacon. Something real professional and smooth now. I like that. Guys, listen, we are on the Deacon Hoover Radio Network. Look for us on iTunes. Look for us on Spreaker, Google Play, um, your favorite podcasting hosting service. Search for Deacon Hoover. Search for Alex Deacon. Uh, search for our other podcast called um, the Realtor Nation Podcast as well. That's hosted by Ian Hoover. He does a really great job. Uh, but guys... Like us on Facebook, like us or find us on Twitter, look for us on all the social media outlets, look for Alex on Meetup, and we will see you next time, guys. Thank you.